Chapter 1. Cab Ride of Doom Some people his age might think spending spring break in Africa would be pretty awesome, but Adam Alfaro wasn't like everyone else. For him, it meant long hours alone in a hot, dusty tent with no Wi-Fi. It meant endless days either inside the boring tent or outside, choking on the dust in the blazing sun. It meant spending every waking moment outside of that tent with his mother. Adam's mom was a famous archaeologist. Why people were famous for digging up broken pottery in places so far out there that they were abandoned, he never knew. His mom's idea of fun was taking her little paintbrushes to sweep dirt away to reveal what she called priceless treasures. He called it junk. A fun spring break for her meant his vacation from school was filled with heat, video game deprivation, and a lot of foreign and painful bug bites. His mom squeezed his arm with excitement as they waited for a taxi at the airport terminal in Mozambique. This is going to be so great, honey! She said, an arm raised to hail a passing cab as she stood on a curb painted bright yellow. He looked past the gray cement to lush green hills beyond the airport, which looked like they stretched forever. His neck tingled as he looked at those hills, but he shook it off and rolled his eyes at her instead. You've mentioned that, he sighed. Other kids your age will be at the dig, I promise, his mom, Dina, continued. Did I tell you? Yeah, he grumbled. You mentioned it already, a couple dozen times. He ran his fingers through his black hair, which flew up in the sea breeze. Cabs kept flying past them, so Dina stepped out into traffic to wave one down. A group of taxis swerved around her, but a gray one lurched to a halt just past them, brakes screeching as it came to a stop. The front bumper missed Adam by a couple of inches, jumping the curb on the diagonal. Storm clouds and a bolt of lightning painted on the side declared the cab belonged to the Thunderbolt Cab Company. Dust flew up into his face and deep brown eyes, so he blinked a few times to clear them. The driver jumped out, greeting them with a white, toothy grin while his cab was still rolling to a stop. Welcome to Mozambique, he said cheerfully. Where can I take you this fine day? His English was perfect, with just a hint of a British accent. His dark skin reflected the light of the afternoon sun. Dina looked at the sheaf of papers in her slender hand, flipping through until she found the one with their reservations listed on it. To the Maputo Airport Hotel, please, she showed him the address on the paper as he nodded, hardly looking at it. The wind tossed her long, dark hair into her face, so she shook her head to fling it back out of the way. I know it well. He popped open the trunk of his old, dirty taxi and tossed their suitcases on top of a mud-covered spare tire before slamming it closed again. Adam pulled a face. All of his favorite books were in those suitcases, and he wouldn't be happy if they came out of there smelling like old tires covered in greasy black road grime. Yes, of course, the cabbie said, still not looking at the paper Dina waved at him. He stepped forward and opened the back door, moving aside so they could climb in. I take tourists to this place all the time. Did you see the address? Dina asked. She held out the paper again. Yes, of course I see, the cabbie said. He ran around to the front after Adam and Dina settled in and hopped into the driver's seat. He yanked down the gear shift, and it slipped into gear with a reluctant grinding sound. With a squeal of spinning tires, the cab sped back into traffic and zigzagged around the cars going slower. I have lived here for many years. I can find this hotel with my eyes closed. 
Adam felt sick to his stomach every time the cab lurched back and forth in traffic. But you never do that, right? You actually keep them open while you drive, don't you? A deep, throaty laugh came from the front. The cabbie rested his arm across the bench seat in front and turned to look at them. It depends on my mood that day, he grinned. Today, because I like you, I keep them open. He laughed some more and thumped his hand up and down on the passenger side headrest. Dina nearly jumped out of her seat. Will you please keep both hands on the wheel? She yelped as the cab almost rear-ended a bus. The cabbie pulled on the wheel and changed lanes to avoid collision. And keep your eyes on the road! Adam nodded, shooting the driver dirty looks. Still grinning, the cabbie turned back to the front and darted between two cars with barely enough room to avoid a three-car pileup. It's bad enough you're driving on the wrong side of the road, Adam complained. You can at least try not to kill me before I'm old enough to get a driver's license. The cabbie laughed again as he gripped the steering wheel firmly with both hands. I like you, boy. You have spirit. I sense something different about you. If you need a ride any time you are here, you call me. My name is Jakuta. He tapped the plaque on the dashboard with his name, number, and cab driver's certification written in three different languages. The only one Adam understood was English. I will take good care of you. Well, that's very kind of you, Mr. Jakuta. We'll consider it. Dina said as she relaxed a bit now that he focused on the road. She sat back and clutched her purse to her chest, taking a few deep breaths, looking ready to hyperventilate. She shot Adam a sideways glance as if to say, No, we really won't be calling you. Adam knew she was trying to calm herself down as she took slow, even breaths. This cabbie's driving was worse than the one-handed driver who nearly killed them on her last dig in Tortuga to look for pirate coins. She hated planes, cars, trains, and cabs, and she always got horrible motion sickness. He comforted his mom with a few pats on her head as her olive complexion paled and looked a bit green. She started speaking again, staring out the window to get her mind off it. If we come back, we might look you up. We'll only be in Maputo tonight. Tomorrow morning, we get to scuba dive around the Malabar Hole before we leave for the Zimbabwe border. I'm part of an archaeological dig with Lincoln University at the ancient Bantu Mines. The wide smile vanished from Jakuta's face. Adam could see his concerned expression looking back at them through the cab's rearview mirror. You be careful, he warned. Those tunnels are full of secrets and magic. Dina smiled politely. Secrets? Oh, I hope so. I look forward to that. I'm not so sure about magic, however. I'm here for the science. Adam's mom didn't believe in magic, or even in mythology, but that was his favorite thing to read about. His suitcase was loaded with all his books, with shorts, shirts, sneakers, and mostly clean socks jammed between them. He reached into his backpack, remembering the one book he wanted to read on the plane during the long flight across the Atlantic Ocean, but didn't. He purposefully saved this one for those long, lonely hours in the tent. The thick, leather-bound book embossed with gold leaf was filled with stories of African mythology. Other than scuba diving, reading this book was the only part of the trip he looked forward to. The chance to live the stories where they actually happened. He rubbed the spine of the book again as he read the title, Myth and Magic of Southeast Africa. He pored over the illustrations, but refused to read a single word. He read old favorites on the long trip here, but he planned to get lost in the new one 
while his mom swept dirt with her tiny paintbrush and looked for junk. He looked forward to spending hours with the stories on the page and the characters he'd know like old friends by the time he got back to school. Maybe he'd get swarmed by killer flies and flesh-eating rodents in his tent, but with a good book like this in his hands, he wouldn't care. Just when Jakuta's insane driving started to make Adam carsick as well, the brakes squealed. The cab shuddered to a rough stop so quickly that Adam and his mom flew forward. Their seatbelts held back most body parts, but both their heads slammed into the headrests on the seats in front of them. Ouch! They cried at the same time. Jakuta pulled their bags out and on the sidewalk before they could rub their sore heads and clamber out. Thank you and have a lovely day, Jakuta said as Dina handed him the cab fare. They shook hands. Thanks for not killing us, Adam muttered. He grabbed the pop-up handle of his suitcase and wheeled it behind him. His backpack slung over one shoulder as he looked around. He started to follow his mom into the hotel when a firm hand on his shoulder stopped him. What the? Jakuta pulled him back, and Adam turned to face him as the man said, I meant it when I said to be careful at the Bantu mine. It holds the secrets of centuries, and is filled with hidden magic. It can be a dangerous place for those who misunderstand. It can be even more dangerous for those who believe. And I think you do. I don't believe in magic anymore, Adam lied, trying to pull away. Jakuta held firm to his shoulder, staring hard. Sparkling black eyes searched Adam's face. Not believing in something won't make it less real. But you, you believe, Adam Alfaro. When he finally let go, the jaunty grin returned. Don't forget, call Jakuta when you need a ride. Adam shook his head as he hurried to catch up with his mom who stood waving at him from behind the hotel lobby's glass doors. Yeah, I'll call you when Sasquatch flies, he mumbled under his breath. He strode forward, anxious to get away from the crazy man, but then he froze in his tracks. He whirled around to stare at the cab, but it already disappeared into the surging traffic on the street. How did he know Adam's name?